You're listening to the Chancellor Pink Podcast on Chancellor Pink Radio. I want to go on record here and state that it's going to be hard. It's going to be hard, I swear, but I'm not going to tweet and or podcast about three subjects anymore. Those subjects are, number one, DJT, Donald J. Trump, orangey to friends. Number two, COVID-19, the virus, done, finished. And number three, BLM, Black Lives Matter, protests, police related to same, done, finished, completo, alfinito. Aldano. But I wanted to I wanted to make one final podcast explaining why I'm no longer going to podcast or tweet or express my thoughts on those three subjects. In short, it's because opinions are like assholes, everyone has one. And what you discover about these very volatile subjects, all of them, Strange how a a virus, a deadly pandemic, could become a volatile subject matter, but it has. What you discover is that, you know, you're not going to change people's opinion. There are the 38% of Americans who support Donald Trump even after his two disasters, the mishandling of the virus and his insane, obnoxious mishandling of, you know, protests that have occurred due to police violence against black people, including the kneeling down of Colin Kaepernick, which he mishandled by stepping into that subject matter ignorantly. Uh, Now he's stepping back into it, stoking the flames as he continues to stoke the flames of racial racial prejudice and violence against uh, people of color in this country. You realize that the 38% who stand by him through that are the racists, are the people that will never see, that won't support any views of inclusion, compassion, empathy on any subject matter. It's their way or the highway. It's what benefits them and what they believe or that's it. And you're not going to change their mind. And in fact, you're just going to take their abuse by speaking yours. Now, some may say it would be cowardly to stop speaking yours in the face of this minority. But I say, you don't need me. We're a We're a majority. I've seen enough polls now to believe that no Russia, uh, no um, gerrymandering of votes and how they are cast and added up, no electoral college is going to save Donald Trump or his 38% from the end. The end is nigh. And they had their run and it was ugly and it continues to be very, very ugly and it could get worse. And it could lead to a civil war in the next few months. Who knows? Who knows what they're capable of? Their degree of hatred and judgment knows no bounds. Their generalizations against, quote unquote, Democrats. The very fact that they use the word Democrats all the time and lefties and radicals and they lump everyone together like they're all the same. When really what they should be saying is the majority Every time they say Democrats, they should say instead what they're really talking about is the majority of sane Americans who continually show themselves in every poll under the sun, including ones conducted by Fox News. 
The majority is who they should be talking about every time they speak with hate against sanity and science. They should be talking about the majority because the majority of people accept climate change is real. The majority of people want equal rights for women and minorities. The majority of people support the protests. The majority of people believe Donald Trump has mishandled both the virus and the protests. The majority of people voted against Donald Trump in the election in 2016, and the majority of people will vote even more against him this election. Only this time, it's going to affect that small, tiny little percentage of votes that won him those states that swung the Electoral College uh, towards him, and he's going to lose. But, and I believe that wholeheartedly, and nothing will save him. So, that doesn't mean stay home and don't vote. Your vote doesn't matter. It does. Get out and vote. But it does mean if you're not in a position to influence or a position of power or authority, you don't need to, you don't need to stand up and speak. If you want to be a part of the protest, that's a good movement. I'm not a protest believer. I support the right to protest. I personally would have never and will never do something like that. Aside from the fact of the matter that I'm too old now and would probably pass out from the heat, <laughs> I don't have an interest in physically challenging police officers in any forum. You know, my, my exposure to police over the years has been such that I regard them as dangerous and um, volatile and unpredictable. And I think that the odds of them upholding the law versus violating it or a coin flip at best. And so I would never put myself in any kind of position uh, to come under their, to, to give them an excuse to kill me or just even violate my civil rights because they feel like it. And I, so um, to me, it's not a question of cowardice or anything of the sort. It's just, you know, I pick my battles and I think as a protester, Somehow I would get fucked. My life history says that silver cloud would follow me around and I'd be one of the people killed or pepper sprayed or arrested uh, in the face of a peaceful protest where others aren't. So it's just not worth it to me. The risk and the reward is not worth it. Plus, I just don't, even though I know protests work and they're valuable to social change, they're working now. I just don't really, it's not my thing. I don't agree with it personally. It's kind of like abortion. For me, I believe it should be a legal right available to women. I don't personally believe in it. I don't personally, uh, I've never had a woman that I got pregnant get one. And if I ever did get a woman pregnant, I wouldn't promote the abortion avenue as a way to deal with the problem. Um uh, Superficially, you could see yourself just advocating for it as an easy way out if the woman wants it. But personally, it would bother me. The reality is it would bother me morally a great deal uh, if I was a part of that. So I wouldn't be. But it doesn't mean that women shouldn't have the right to choose to do that and that other people make the choice to have an abortion. I, I do not morally judge them. I don't think there is anything wrong with that choice for them. I just wouldn't choose it. I feel the same way about protests. Nothing wrong if you choose to protest, if you believe risking police brutality for the sake of making an outward open statement 
is something that matters to you enough or you have a cause that you're passionate about enough to take that risk and to make that statement, if you believe that um, protesting is the best way to get something done outwardly and that's what the best you can do, and um, or maybe you do it in conjunction with other th- other aspects. Maybe you create a website or get a, a, a group together and donate money. Maybe you do other things as well beyond just protesting. But if you believe that protesting is a an effective method for you to stand up for your rights, then go ahead. I don't. For me, I don't. I don't personally think it's super effective. I know we're going to get changed, but I think it's temporary. I think it's more about. Um, the way people take out their anger. I think it's mostly about the way people, you know, express disappointment and and um, they don't know how else to to get back at somebody or something. Uh, so they do this, and um, like I said, I think it can have its effect, but not for me. Not my way of handling things. Um, and I also think that tweeting is not for me anymore in terms of controversially because I seem to be bludgeoned over the head very quickly by hate mongers who find my tweets, whatever they might be, and just say things to shut the fuck up. I've been told to, literally told specifically to just shut the fuck up uh, about five times in the last month by random tweeters that I don't know from Adam. I, I apparently incite them so much that they just can't help themselves. They they have nothing more intelligent to offer me other than to shut the fuck up. So I'm going to comply with them, not because I respect them or that I'm listening to them. I just realized that um, I don't like being told to shut the fuck up. I don't like the abuse. I don't know that I'm changing thoughts or opinions. I don't think my words matter. I don't think that I'm affecting jack shit pretty much with my podcasts or tweets of any kind. So why don't I just stick to podcasts and tweets that aren't going to get uh, me in, you know, insulted and violated in a way that hurts me? Uh, I am not super thick skinned. It does matter what people think of me and especially as to what I say, primarily because I really believe in the heart of what I say. And I think that I speak from a very plain, realistic, common perspective and say things that a lot of people, the majority of people probably feel and think, but just a lot of them don't say them yet. I think a lot of the times I'm ahead of the curve and it's not because I'm super bright or anything like that. It's just that I have a sensitivity and awareness of things and I might say it and five days later to a week later, more people start saying it to the point where a month later, the majority of people are saying it. But when I say it at the early stages, I'm bludgeoned to death, jumped on, piled on, told to shut the fuck up. And and where does that get me? Nothing. What does it do? It just ruins my sense of uh, not being violated. I feel violated. I feel hurt. And I don't feel understood or accepted. And then when the catch is on a month later, the very thought I expressed, I get no credit for that. I get no praise. I get no – it's all the famous people and the, and the well-read people, the people that are – uh, in the media or wherever else, they have to, all the followers. They're the ones that are suddenly requoted and praised to the high heavens for this genius thought they had, which I said a month ago, you know, and was told to shut the fuck up for. So, um, look, Donald Trump is going to go on being crazy. Just today, he tweeted that the 75 year old Buffalo man who was pushed over and cracked his skull flopped and fell harder than he had to and was an Antifa person who was scanning to sh- to, to clog and block the police uh, scanners. And, you know, 
that he wanted to get pushed and he wanted to get hurt or something crazy like that. He's pushing a conspiracy theory. Our president is tweeting a conspiracy theory against a 75-year-old man who quite clearly was severely hurt uh, improperly um, by excessive force by two police officers who did not need to shove him out of their way when he was simply talking to them. Um, it doesn't matter what he was talking about. It doesn't matter if he had a scanner or blocker in his hand. You know, you don't physically, you don't become physically violent with someone just because you're a cop. You don't get to be physically violent with an unarmed person who's just talking to you because you have a badge. That's not okay. And under no circumstances is it okay. Unless he was coughing the virus on them and said, I have the virus, cough, cough, cough. Then maybe you push him away. Other than that, unless he has some weapon in his mouth, unless he had a gun in his mouth, which, by the way, had a mask covering it. No, you don't, get to, you don't get to do that. And no conspiracy theory under the sun justifies that. Sorry, sorry. And he tried to catch his balance. And maybe they didn't shove him so hard that he was violently shoved to the ground like we've seen 50,000 other cops do in the last week, violently shove girls to the ground. Okay, maybe these guys didn't thrust him violently into a fucking telephone pole so that his neck snapped. But they shoved him hard enough that he fell, lost his balance, and cracked his skull, okay? And you take your victims as you find them. So there's no justification for that. But our president of these United States literally this morning tweeted in support of those cops as if it was a setup. It's all Antifa. It's the radical left. And he flopped. He fell harder than he had to. Was the blood was the blood ketchup? Is it all staged? A setup, he says, question mark. Maybe a setup? A setup. The guy's gonna crack a 75-year-old man's gonna offer to crack his skull for the sake of the setup against these police. This is our president. So listen, there's nothing I can say that's good. Anyone who supports a scumbag who says something like that is beyond hope. So there's no point in me tweeting the obvious or saying the obvious. There's nothing left to talk about about Donald Trump. He has exposed himself fully now as a reprehensible, terrible, awful, disgusting person, let alone the president. Look, he, he's a bad person, period, in the eyes of anyone paying attention who is not themselves a terrible person. So, And the fact that he would be your president is a disgrace. It's a disgrace to this nation. But we knew that. We knew that four years ago when he was running. Before he won, we knew it would be a tremendous disgrace and a travesty if the grab-your-pussy man, grab-her-by-the-pussy-man, would become your president. It would be a disgrace. Well, it, it has turned out even worse than we could have imagined. Other than him setting off nuclear weapons somewhere and starting World War III, this is as bad as it gets. We've gotten to that point. And it's taking its toll on his chances of winning. You might also say, you might actually say, God is real. He saved COVID-19 for 2020. God is real. He sacrificed George Floyd up, and George is at his right hand next to Jesus in heaven right now, helping to make sure that this man is done in November. Donald Trump. So 
you could look at these horrible things happening in our happening in our country as a sign that <clears throat> thank God they happened in 2020. That's my point. If they had happened in 2017, 2018, somewhere in the middle of his term, he'd get over it. And who knows? By 2020, the economy would be booming again. Everyone would forgive him. And he would. we'd get four more years of this maniac. But because it's all happening now in an election year, the only thing that's going to save him is them, the virus coming back, him shutting down mail votes and somehow winning via fixing the election through the mail or stopping people from voting by preventing them from voting through the mail and they can't get to the polls or are afraid to because of the virus. That's the only thing that could save him now. And that could happen. It's a legitimate risk. But my point is this. There's nothing left that, that I can say or do to get people that are, are supporting Trump still to not support him. And I don't need to say what we already know. The next bad thing he does, if I comment on it, what are we doing other than agreeing yet again, all of us who are smart enough to see the truth, that this man is a piece of shit in office and we just are dealing with a nightmare. I don't need to add my voice to that discussion. And I certainly don't feel like being abused and hated on by the 38% who are beyond hope for having done so. So as far as the other two subject matters, COVID-19... You know, I am passionately in support of wearing masks if you're going to be around people, period, until we have a vaccine or the virus goes away. The virus isn't going away. Uh, we have daily cases, even here in my little area, which has done wonderfully. We had uh, eight cases on Sunday and five cases yesterday. Today we had 19 new cases, new cases. So it's not going away, even in an area like mine where we really haven't had much of the virus. It's still there, and we've had really hot weather. It's going up to 90 today, and yet the virus is still there. So guess what? It's going to be there when the weather gets cold again. It's going to be there. And um, will it mutate into something more deadly or less deadly come the fall? I don't know. But I've gone on record since the very beginning, uh, not to pat myself on the back, but I was ahead of the curve. I was more ahead of the curve on this virus than our president. I mean, I was seeking uh, a change at my work where they allowed me to work from home more uh, and allowed me to have an off day sooner because of the virus. And they denied it and were forcing me into the office every day until they finally said, everybody, everybody gets to work from home. I cited contractual provisions that would have given them the, the power they needed to grant my request to have me be home more because of the virus. They're only allowed to grant it in case of emergency. I, I submitted that the pandemic, as had been declared at that point by the World Health Organization, constituted an emergency that permitted them to grant my request. And I think I was right because, as it turns out, it was such an emergency that the entire fucking country shut down. But I requested that before the entire fucking country shut down. <clears throat> but apparently it took it becoming an emergency to the entire fucking country and everybody else before they granted not my request, which they denied, but they just decided to send everybody home who hadn't even requested it. So once again, I was ahead of the curve, but ended up benefiting in the way that I requested. But it took a while. It took a while of me being exposed to potential death and the virus before they agreed. But, you know, hey, I, I made it through all right. I didn't get it. I didn't get it. So knock on wood, I won't get it. Who knows? But the point is, I've been fighting the fight on the virus. I sent out emails to my family and friends on the virus 
before anyone here in this country really even believed it was going to be a problem. I was keeping on top of this issue and viewing it as a problem. I mailed out masks to my family members and loved ones before anybody, including the CDC in this country, was telling people to wear masks. And in fact, they were saying, don't wear masks. The WHO was saying, don't wear masks. The World Health Organization. And I sent masks out. Why? Because in my estimation, from what I was reading and discovering, you should be wearing masks. So I turned out to be right on that too. Did anyone give a shit? Do I get credit? No. Did most of the people I sent them to even wear my masks? No. They got their own eventually later. It didn't do any good. I mean, so the point is, I've been on top of the virus. I've been strong in discussing it and spreading information and sharing knowledge about the virus. I don't think it's mattered because it just, there's so much out there and so many opinions that unless you truly have a strong platform from which to speak, or you're a scientist or have some background where they feel like you're valid, they don't care that you're an intelligent person who who has studied it and is sharing it and they should trust you because you've always proven to kind of know your shit. That's not good enough. At the end of the day, you don't know your shit unless you're X, Y, or Z. And I've never been and never will be X, Y, or Z. Whatever type of glorified person that might be, I am not it. So I'm not going to talk about this subject anymore because... People are going to do what they choose to do based on who they read, based on the people they respect, which when it comes to the virus will never really be me. So my thoughts and my opinions on the virus are irrelevant to anyone but me. So I'm going to keep them to me and tell me what I think about the virus and do what me thinks is the best thing to do. And I'll go out only by saying, I say you should still wear a mask. And even though the... uh, World Health Organization came out yesterday based upon a new report and said, ah, you know what? Asymptomatic people aren't really spreading this like we thought. Even though they said that, you know what else they still said is, oh, by the way, people that aren't symptomatic yet, but that become symptomatic, which is different than asymptomatic. Asymptomatic people are the people that have the virus, but never show signs of it other than maybe a loss of smell, a little decreased sense of smell, a sense of taste, mild symptoms, if any. That's what they're calling asymptomatic people. It means A, don't have anti, like A-tifa. No, I'm just kidding. It's antifa. But <laughs> asymptomatic symptoms, symptoms. You have a symptom. It's a sign of an illness. Tomatic, <laughs> turning the word symptom into something happening, you know. Automatic, automatic, it's happening. You're auto moving, matic, it's happening. You're moving as it happens. You're automatic. Asymptomatic, a symptom is maticing, it's happening. Get it? A, not. Asymptom is not happening. Asymptomatic means you have the virus, you have it, you have COVID 19, but you have no symptoms and you never will. Or the ones you have are so mild that you will never feel sick or know that you had it. So they've done enough tests to find there are these people out there. Well, their current evidence now shows that those people aren't really spreading it very much. So, well, okay, well, then this idea that the well people should wear masks because maybe they have it and don't know it and they're spreading it, it's gone, right? So the well people should not wear the mask unless it's to protect them. But as you told us, the mask is to protect others from us more than to protect us from them. So if I'm healthy, just don't fuck it. Don't wear the mask, right? No, wrong. Because what the study also showed is these pre-symptomatic people, which is not asymptomatic, which means they do get symptoms, which means they do get 
cough and trouble breathing and a fever, fatigue. They do end up getting symptoms of sickness. They have the virus, but they're pre-symptomatic, which means as of right now, they're healthy. As of right now, they don't know they have the virus, but in a few days, as it germinates, they will get very sick and may even need hospitalized. Those people, guess what? During those three days or so, can be up to nine days. It can be a lot of days where they're not sick yet, but they're going to get sick and, and show symptoms. Those people are highly contagious while they're carrying it in a well state. So the pre-symptomatic people, people that have it but don't know it and are still seemingly happy but are going to get outward symptoms and be very sick from it, those people are still sharing it and spreading it like crazy, like crazy. So the bottom line is, if you feel fine, you could be one of three things. Someone who doesn't have the virus, one. Two, Someone who has the virus but is asymptomatic, that is to say you have it, but you're never going to get sick from it and you'll never know you have it. Or you could be three. Someone who has it doesn't feel sick now, feels fine, but you're going to get sick later. Guess how many of those three people can transfer it? The third one, really. What they've told us is if you're well and don't have it, of course you can't transfer it. B, if you're asymptomatic, you have it but don't know it and you're never going to get sick from it, you're not really transferring it. They didn't say zero. They said it ranges between zero transference to 14%. So there's still a chance you could be asymptomatic and giving it to other people, but it's less likely. Then there's the third group. You have it, don't know it yet. You're going to get sick outwardly from it. You're highly contagious. If you go out without a mask, you're going to give it to a lot of people. So the answer is this new news that asymptomatic people don't really transmit this virus like they thought doesn't really change anything. Because if you're healthy, you don't know if you're the first two perfectly well or asymptomatic or if you're the third one. You have it. You're going to get sick, but you don't know it yet. You don't know which of these three you are. So since you don't know, you should always wear a mask because it'll help stop you from spreading it if you happen to be that third category. So nothing has really changed. Wear the damn mask. Plus, oh, by the way, wearing the mask still helps you get it from others. So it's always beneficial for you to wear a mask to protect you. It's not ironclad. If someone's spreading it in the air by aerosol particles that are so small that they're floating in the air and surviving in the air, they're probably going to get through your mask regardless if you have it on or not. But... What if they just spit bigger particles that don't float that long in the air and it hits your mask and it's big enough that your mask stops it? So wear the mask. It's still beneficial to wear the mask to stop you from getting it. And also, you might have it and not know it yet. We'll get sick from it in a few days to a week and you don't know it yet. So wear the mask in case that's true to stop from spreading it. So wear the mask. Look, as long as it's out there and there are new cases every day, Wear the mask. That's my final word on the subject matter. I'm not going to argue with idiots about it. I'm not going to talk to people who think it's gone. We survived. Green. Let's celebrate. Pennsylvania's green. Yay. Party. Party. There's nothing to celebrate. Let's bring back all the sports. Let's hurry up. Let's play sports and get a bunch of people spitting each other's faces with no masks on. Yay. It's still out there. It's still deadly. Bill Maher says on his show, 100,000 people die every year from 
things they get while in hospitals and doctor's offices. Do you realize that? People catch things from going to the hospital or doctor's offices that kill them. 100,000 a year die from that. Yeah, yeah, Bill, listen. Does that happen in two and a half months? Because we got 100,000 dead in two and a half months here. And oh, by the way, Bill, not only is this not a 12-month period here like the case you're talking about, it's only two and a half months. But this two and a half months, everybody was staying home. Everybody was locked up in their home, including you and your little mansion out there in L.A. And yet, with everybody staying home, 100,000 people died in just two and a half months of this little thing that is nothing. It's kind of just out there that, oh, well, people are going to die from something. You might as well go out there and just live again. You can't hide out forever, blah, 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 Bill Maher, Bill Maher. Yeah, yeah, whatever, whatever, Bill. Look, it's way more deadly than anything you can name, including heart disease and cancer. It's the leading cause of death in this two and a half months over everything else. Cancer, heart attacks, strokes, your little story about what you can get in the doctor's office, the fucking flu, you name it. COVID-19 is the most deadly thing in these two and a half months that we have in this country. And it was that deadly with everybody staying home. So you want to tell everybody to go out there and live their lives and be normal because, hey, there's nothing. What are you going to do? Can't hide forever. It's true you can't hide forever, but just let's, let's be aware of the fact that there's something way deadlier than any fucking else thing that's out there, still out there. And it's going to be out there until it's not, until it goes away. And it ain't gone away yet, Bill, Mar. And we don't have a vaccine for it yet, Bill. So as long as those two things are true, if you want to go out there, fine. But I would still stay home as much as possible. And I would still wear a fucking mask when you go out there. And that's the last word on the subject. Anybody who doesn't agree with that now, can't see that as truth, is an idiot. I'm sorry, Bill Maher, anyone else. I don't give a fuck what your rationalization is. You're an idiot. If you don't understand that there's a virus out there that's deadly, period, and it doesn't matter if you're 78 or 28, and it doesn't matter if you're overweight or thin as fuck, doesn't matter if you have... The bottom line is there's a deadly virus out there that you don't want to catch. I don't care who you are. I don't care how young and fit and healthy you are. You don't want to catch it, trust me. You don't want this thing. It causes long-term effects on people's bodies and their cell structure and everything else. You don't want to catch this thing. And it's out there. And until it's not out there, it's out there. And you could catch it. And if you're not wearing a mask, you're more likely to catch it and spread it. But mostly catch it. Fuck it. Mostly catch it. Wear the mask to protect you. Let's just say it. Wear the mask to protect you from the fuckers out there who are sick. There are people that will go out there sick with this virus and not wear a mask. And they will vote for Trump without a mask on while sick and coughing in the voting booth. <clears throat> and Bill Maher will go out there and be sick with it and think he's healthy because he's Superman. He's fucking Superman, Mr. Healthy 60. Look how fit and thin I am and everyone's obese in America and everybody's – he picks on fat people his entire show. If you watch Bill Maher for any length of time, you find there's like – Four things he believes in and he won't stop and let up on. Atheism, anti-God all the time. Fat people, they're horrible, they're disgusting. They're, they should all be shot and killed. Muslims, they're terrible. Their religion's retarded. You know, even though he doesn't flat out say I'm anti-Muslim, he pretty much is because he's anti their religion. And he thinks they should be special cases of prejudice against them because of their religion. And then fourth is pot. 
He's all about pot. Everybody should be smoking pot all the time. That's Bill Maher in a nutshell. When you watch Bill Maher for all of his guests and interesting stuff that he might talk about, he mainly just talks about fuck the Muslims, fuck people of faith, fuck fat people, and everybody should be high on pot at all times. That's Bill Maher. So, of course, when you get to this virus situation and a lot of the people dying are overweight have pre-existing conditions, the things the great Bill Maher doesn't have, what's well, all their fault then? And he should be able to have his comedy shows, do his live shows. He wants his audiences back, damn it. He's healthy. He's fit. Fuck the fat people. Let him die. He took care of himself. They couldn't think ahead, predict the psychic of this virus. They weren't psychic enough to see there'd be a deadly virus that ended their life. Hey, if you're fat, lots of things can end your life, including a deadly virus. Tough shit for you. I'm fine. Let's go. Let's go. I want my shows back. I want my money. I'm a millionaire. I only have so many years left. I want to enjoy them. Don't you take my years away from me. Fuck the fat people. That's what Bill Maher's saying. Let's not pull any punches. That's what he's saying. Republicans are saying, fuck that. I want Trump to be great. Everybody is pushing for themselves. And you're not going to win any arguments with them on COVID-19. You're not going to win any arguments with them on Donald Trump if they still support him. And finally, and I'll wrap up this podcast as to why I'm going silent from now on about Trump, about COVID-19, and finally about Black Lives Matter. Now, I saw this issue early on before the protests as an issue of police racism, police violence. And I clarified it as such on my Twitter. And I made some podcasts on it, which I've since deleted. Because nobody cares. Now now they care. Now all of a sudden, after tons of videos were put out and the police were shown time and time and time and time again to be abusers, now suddenly they're saying, defund the police. I made a podcast called Break Up the Police. I explained what I think is a good avenue of uh, constructive change that could help solve this police problem that we have in our country. But nobody cared about it. And at the end of the day, now this defund the police ideas, which I think is interesting, but goes a bit too far. People are radically shooting it down. Now, all of a sudden, it's going to start a civil war. Suddenly, the people that felt justified in owning weapons, allegedly, allegedly, all these gun owners said the reason the Second Amendment's so important is it's not fair to have police or government representatives with weapons and not allow the citizens to bear arms as well. Because what if the government wants to take us over? We have a right to defend ourselves. This is our country. And if you allow only those in charge of the country or those in police, you know, uh, entrusted with policing the country to have weapons, you've effectively acceded all authority because you have no right to defend yourself. <clears throat> that was the argument made by most of these right-wing gun owners. Well, now those same right-wing gun, owner, gun owners in the face of the uh, suggestion to defund the police are saying, we'll come out with our guns and come after you if you defund these police if you defund these police, you're making us more vulnerable to you, you criminal black people, you criminal lowlifes that we rednecks need our guns to defend ourselves against. So really, 
They want the police and their guns. That idea that they were seeking the Second Amendment rights to protect themselves from the other armed people that are police was a lie all along, of course. Really, they're afraid of the black people with guns. They're afraid of the criminal thug, in quotes, as the president tweeted, thugs in all caps. He put it in all caps, thugs. That's who they're afraid of. So they want their guns for the thugs. And if you take their police away, they're going to be that much more terrified of those thugs, in quotes, all caps. So really what's going on here is the gun owners just want lots of weapons out there to protect themselves and to destroy anyone who's different than them. And they, they view the police as being redneck like them. They view the police as being racist like them. So they like the police and they want them there. If you take away the police, you've stripped away some protection uh, for them against the evil black people of our world. So this whole police argument is taking off now. Do I get any thanks for it? Do I get any gratitude? Because I was the first one to say, look, this is about the police more than it's about racism. Because although there are racist elements in America still that really, by and large, we've come a long way. And all you need to look at is eight years of Barack Obama to know that a country that's really the majority of which is still racist would not have elected uh, by such majorities as they did to a black president for eight years in a row. And also, you know, we live in a culture that's permeated tremendously by black sports and black music. And they make shitloads of money and they've been ascended into tremendous positions of power and authority and the ability to speak to all of us and influence us all by virtue of their celebrity. They don't even have to speak English properly or be well-educated to be able to influence us with their poor English because of their celebrity. They can get up there and speak improperly and make people think that's the right way to speak because of their celebrity and their money and their power. So this is how far we've come. We have thrown away our values about speaking English proper <laughs> or being in or, or having to have a degree, let's say, in journalism or being an announcer to allow people to be announcers and to have a voice because they played the sport. And we're saying it's more important. It's less important that you speak proper English or have a voice that's good to listen to. Uh, and it's more important that you are someone who played the sport and someone we're going to value because you actually have the ability, even though you don't have the ability maybe to speak right. And now your job is speaking and thinking. And maybe your thinking and speaking isn't that good, but because you were athletically great, we're going to give you all this money and all this center stage attention as a speaker. I mean, that's how far we're going. I mean, it's like, can't we judge people on each different job? They were wonderful as an athlete, but maybe they stink in the booth and maybe their terrible English is bad, but we're going to let it go on because, hey, they're famous. So I look, I'm saying that there is there are a lot of opportunities where we're throwing standards away to the benefit of minorities. So the racism is a lot less intense than these current marches have led you to believe. What is still intense and strong with respect to racism in this country are our police forces. And the group of people that are racist and vote for Trump who aren't police um, support the police because the police are that group of people. The 38% is largely made up of police officers. If you polled every police force throughout the country and found out how many of them voted for Trump or would still vote for Trump, 
I guarantee you, you'd find a majority, a majority of our police officers in all lines of work throughout this country will still vote for Trump despite everything. So when you want to talk about what's the real problem with racism in this country, it's the fact that so many of the racists have guns and are told to go out there and assert their authority over other people with their guns. And we call them police. And yet they're extreme racists. And we don't find out until it's too late or maybe we know and don't care. Maybe we're giving badges and guns to people that are extreme racists and we know it and we just let them do their job anyway. Because that's the country we have right now. So the problem with racism, I'm not saying there aren't racists. Listen up. I didn't say that. I'm not saying when I say we're putting people who can't speak English into the booth and giving them high paid jobs that that that's a you know we're just kissing black people's asses and giving them every opportunity. No, they still you know, we still need to integrate more minorities, women into our overall culture, but it has to be done fairly. And I don't think that just because someone is white or a man, they should have to surrender or give up some wonderful thing they have just to be fair. I don't think being fair means you sacrifice what you've worked hard for and earned just for the sake of a minority or a woman, right? Right, of course, we all agree with that. I don't even want to talk about it. If you don't agree with that, go fuck yourself. And that's what my point is. The Black Lives Matter movement implies that white people have all this privilege all the time, and it isn't true. Sometimes you just have a tough life, and until you walked in the shoes of another, you don't know. And just because I'm not black, and you, you are, doesn't mean maybe I've had a worse life, life than you. Doesn't mean that I haven't been screwed out of more things than you have. Sure, when you walk out your door and down the streets, you have more to fear from the police than me because you're black. I'll give you that. That's a fact. But in every other area of your life, it might be very possible that you've done better than me with the same because you're black. That's very possibly true in America today. Yes, it is. So the problem with racism is really about killing black people, mistreating them, abusing them. It's really the justice system and especially the police that are still a very serious racist problem in America today. But I don't want to hear about how racism is a very serious prevalent problem in America today in any other field because it isn't. I don't believe it. I don't believe it. And so I don't support Black Lives Matter to the extent that they're making this huge scene as if America is this big racist country and the rest of the world's going to look at us and say, America's a bunch of racists. Well, we aren't. We aren't. We certainly are not. And again, how did we elect Obama for eight years if we were? So wake up. America isn't this gigantic racist country. It really isn't. But you would be correct if you said America has a racist police force and they're deadly and it's a problem. That's very, very true. And that's what I said. And now everyone's sort of focusing more on the police and they're realizing that this is mostly a police problem. But as far as the rest of it, I know everybody, all the young people are getting all up in arms, Black Lives Matters, and you should support black businesses. Why? I think you should support all businesses. I think all businesses matter, and I don't think there's any problem with that. I get the Black Lives Matter distinction. I get that they're being killed more, and they need special recognition that the police are racist and killing them, and we need to look out for them more, and it's a problem. But I don't get black businesses matter. No, I'm not going to – I think you should – You know, I think you should go to the business that you want to go to. Who serves better? Who makes better food? Who makes a better product? Who's closest? 
Who's who sells their product for the cheapest? That's where you. That's the businesses you should you give your money to, and don't worry about if they're black or white. <clears throat> don't support black businesses. Support good businesses. Support businesses who produce good quality products that 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 make you happy <laughs> for a price that's affordable for you, and that's fair and that's convenient. Those are the businesses you should support. So whenever, whenever they go so far as to start acting like all of us have to bend over backwards to take care of them, like there's some crippled, you know, element in our society. They're, they're free people, man. They are fucked by the police, yes. But in all other ways, look, they got to fend for themselves too, just like I do. White, black, we all have to kind of take care of ourselves. We have to worry about our own asses and the asses of those we love, whatever color they may be. So I see how hysterical this BLM movement's getting. I have no problem with it. They have a right to be making this statement. I have no problem with all of the people, white and all other races, joining, joining force with it. But I don't want people telling me how I need to behave. I've been doing fine. I don't need you explaining to me. How come a guy talking to a woman and gets accused of mansplaining? But... People telling white people how they need to behave when the white people have been nothing but fine and great all their lives to people of all colors. Why is that okay? Why is it okay that you race splain to me? You know, why don't you just take your race splaining and somewhere else? Talk to the police. Talk to the people who can change the laws of the police. Okay, they're the ones that need to hear you uh, explain about how you're mistreated. Okay, the rest of us, a lot of us, as you can see from the marches, we're on your side. We're not out to get you. But guess what? I'm also not going to, I don't know, treat you better than I treat me, treat your businesses better than the businesses I like and prefer to go to. I'm not going to go too far with this thing. I'm not going to go overboard. You know, I'm not going to lose focus on reality. Okay. The reality is black people are killed by police too much, and it's because the police are racist. And the police in general, to all races also, are too violent and too authoritative and, and dangerous. They're too dangerous. Police in general to everyone need to be looked at more and cracked down on more. But they're especially bad to black people. Those are facts. That's reality. But let's not go overboard and say the reality is blacks are mistreated in all areas of life and it's and it's just we're back in the slave days. Look, as I said in a prior podcast that I since deleted, 100 years ago, none of us were even fucking here, okay? 100 years ago, there was still no slavery. <laughs> so no one was a slave who's alive. No one owned a slave who's alive. Quit tagging me with the sins of my father's father's father. All of us are trying to do what's right. In my entire lifetime, I've seen nothing but people trying to do what's right. And the 38% or the racist motherfuckers and the racist police, they've been there. They're still there. I give you that. It's a problem. But good. Let's do something about it finally. Can we finally do something about it? I agree with all that. But I don't want to hear this stuff that suddenly blacks don't have anything. Blacks are mistreated everywhere. People like me, regular white people, were, have all this privilege all this time and they've had nothing. People like me don't understand, couldn't begin to understand. We need to, we need to be taught. We need to read all these materials. We need to be doing something. We need to be actively engaging pro-black people. No, I don't. I have to be engaging pro-whatever I choose. It's my free life. I'll support the causes and people I want to get worked up about. Don't guilt trip me into supporting black people if it's not something that 
I personally feel is a big deal. But I'll tell you what I do think is a big deal. Supporting police uh, uh, revisions, police, uh, what's the word, you know, redoing them, working them over, changing police reform. There you go, reform. That's the word I was thinking. I, I support police reform, sure. In strict ways, I suggested a constitutional amendment reducing their due process in specific circumstances, namely with regard to their right to bear arms and their right to hold a job as a police officer. I, and then creating federal act to punish them in prima facie cases of someone dying uh, in the course of their duties on them. And you don't have to, they don't get convicted till after, and they don't lose due process on the criminal process, but they lose due process and they get fired from their job and they lose the right to ever have a gun ever again. And they lose the right to ever be a cop ever again. If there's a prima facie, which means just on the surface, it looks as if maybe kind of sort of that someone died when they were a cop because of something they did to the someone. That's enough. Boom. That's it. So those cops have to work in fear of not having anyone die under their watch unless the prima facie evidence shows they were returning fire against an armed person. That's the good old days. Remember they used to plant a weapon and allege that they were fired upon to give themselves a justification to use deadly force? Now they don't even need to do that. Now they put it on camera and they get away with it. Now they get acquitted even though it's videotaped and the other person was unarmed. Somehow they get acquitted. No, that's a problem. Yeah, we need to make some changes. I, like I said, I suggested a constitutional amendment to the United States Constitution so that it's overarching and applies to law, all law enforcement officials with a badge and a gun. And then a law that punishes them according to a, a mere prima facie case of death under their watch. Punishes them how? Just in eliminating their ability to ever be a police officer or to ever own, own a weapon. I think that's, that'll be enough to cause an extreme chilling effect. We'll still have people want to be police. They'll just, because they'll think, you know, no one's going to die under my watch I'm, unless I'm shooting back at someone. Unless I have a real reason to kill. I believe in that and I'll be fine. So that we'll have police. It's not going to, it wouldn't change the number of people willing to be police officers. Yet it would stop them from killing people. I think it would work. I think it's a good idea, but. We'll see. We'll see where it goes. I'm done talking about it, done talking about police, done talking about black lives mattering. I think they do matter. I do understand that distinction. I support the protest, although I do not support protesting in general. I'm not a proponent of it. But I'm done talking about it because it's gone over the top. Nobody cares about masks. Nobody cares about the virus, apparently. To the, one, the ones who do are always going to care. The ones who care about police violence are going to care. The ones who think it's fine are going to be that way. The ones who support Trump are going to support Trump and on and on and on. Enough, enough, enough. I've told you my position as to why I am now going to be silent on those three subject matters. And I'm going to stick to things that strike me in, in other areas of our lives. And perhaps uh, more with respect to romance, which I happen to like to talk about and think about. And the arts, especially music, but also movies. I think those are subject matters that are fun to talk about and you can influence people and you can change some people's minds and expose them to things they haven't thought of before. And you can draw consensus together still when it comes to interacting with the opposite sex and the arts. I think those are subject matter that are still fun to talk about because people listen and people learn and people care in ways that aren't just, their minds aren't already made up and they're not just lashing out, in you, out at you telling you to shut the fuck up. If they don't happen to already think what you just said. 
So I'd rather speak in subject matter and in areas where I'm not going to be told to shut the fuck up. That's all. Simple as that. I love you. Yabba da boop